Hello, you're listening to Recommendations for My Otaku Spouse. I'm Jen. And I'm Wes. So let's get started. So today we are back and Jennifer here has watched her first ever Gundam series. Oh my goodness, how have I been an anime fan for so long and not watched Gundam? I don't know, it's actually very difficult to imagine. Well, I know a lot about Gundam because anime. But yeah, you're right. I had never seen uh, Gundam properly. Uh, when I was younger, I did kind of watch Gundam Wing, but I don't remember anything and I know I didn't finish it. So I don't think that counts. Fair enough. I'm also pretty sure that most, well, at least a lot of people in America have watched part of Gundam Wing because it was outside of things like Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and Pokemon, one of the biggest anime in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. But which Gundam did you watch? Oh, I watched one called Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. They're all Mobile Suit Gundam. That's just usually... Actually, no, I take that back. G Gundam was Mobile Fighter Gundam. Mobile Fighter G Gundam. But that's because They're all Gundams to me. (laughs) No. No. There's a lot of different types of mobile suits. I know. Okay. So I know Wes really likes Gundam because besides the fact that for several years he's been like, we should watch Gundam Thunderbolt, we should watch Gundam Thunderbolt, the fact that pretty much every single time we go to an anime convention and there's a quiz and Gundam's involved, he knows the exact model numbers for every single one. Yeah, but we had to stop doing that as part of Anime Jeopardy, which you should check out at this year's KomoriCon. In because, Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon, because people didn't know the model numbers, so they made it easier. That's because people aren't massive nerds like you. There's big differences between the different types. They all look the anyway. So yeah, we watched Gundam Thunderbolt. You're a robotist. Anyway, so what was your basic impression of Gundam? Th- I guess kind of Gundam in general and Gundam Thunderbolt. Um... Uh, oh, general impression. I have a lot of impressions about Thunderbolt. Um, it was very short because it was released as two sets of four OVAs, correct? Kind of, yeah. They were actually released on the web. So they were kind of web OVAs. Yeah. As opposed to the traditional. So it was very, it was very fast paced in terms of the story. Um, just, I think the whole war aspect of Gundam. And the whole tiny child riding in big robots, very stressful. I guess they're not always children. We didn't have, there's no children's in Thunderbolt. No. It's all actual soldiers. I guess I'm just dragging back the memories from Wing. But yes. Well, it's, I mean, the original Gundam Gundam was a child. Gundam Wing was children. Um, Obviously, the big famous one now is Iron-Blooded Orphans. And as the name suggests, they're children. And orphans? Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Build Fighters is entirely about children who make plastic Gundams and fight them. So so as a general, my impression of Gundam, that's the impression I have. And so going into Thunderbolt, it was not what I expected at all. It was very dark, very serious. And I'm sure we'll discuss this in a little bit. But um, yeah, the Gundams are not the good guys. Hold on, what? <laughs> the, the way they portray, they're portrayed in Thunderbolt is they're not the good guys. They're Zeon's, the Zeon Alliance. Is that what they're called? They, the Principality of Zeon. Yes. They are kind of the underdog. I, I was rooting for them the whole time. 
I'm sure there are people who will be very glad to hear that. <laughs> but no, yeah, the two basic sides for Thunderbolt is part of what's called Universal Century Gundam, which is what the original series was, and everything that directly followed that is part of Universal Century, where you have the Earth Federation and the Principality of Zeon. Okay. Um, and then you also said something like it was set during the One-Year War? Yes. Okay. They didn't explain any of that in the show because there really wasn't any time, and I guess it's they assume that only Gundam fans will watch this, not baby baby newbies who have never seen anything before. Well, I mean, that said, the show itself was pretty well put together. Oh, yeah. Like, the animation was amazing. The anim- yeah, as coming as a long fan of Gundam, it was gorgeous, gorgeous animation. The way that they just portrayed all the mobile suits and all the designs and everything and yeah, we're very well done in that way. Um, what do you think about, like, beyond just visually, what do you think about the production and the pacing and all of that? Um, the pacing was, it, like I said, it felt a little rushed. Um, as some somebody who's never really seen it, I was a little confused at times, and I knew you were explaining a lot to me. But there's, it's also based on a manga, um, which I believe is getting an English translation by Viz Media, and I kind of I, w- I want to pick that up now in order to get a better idea of what is sort of more of the details behind events because it does seem to jump from one thing to the next. The fight scenes are really cool though. Yeah. Well, what we saw was eight pretty much regular sized anime episodes, which has also been released as two movie versions. But the manga is fifteen volumes. Ah, a little long then. I think it's fifteen volumes or something like that. It might be fourteen. But what I f- want, an interesting thing about it is that the same year that this started coming out, uh, they were releasing another series of Gundam OVAs. Were they? Called Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. Okay. And oh, you told me about, you told me to watch that one too, I believe. The Origin in the manga is a, pretty much a retelling of the original Gundam story, but done in a way they didn't have the ability to do back in the 70s when it first came out. Hmm. But what's interesting about the OVAs that came out for it is they released that one as more traditional OVAs where you have to go out and buy each episode separately. And there were six episodes, and they were each something like an hour or so long, so more like short films. But they only adapted, I think, like one or two volumes from the middle of the manga. Really? To explain the back character of the key rival character. Wait, <laughs> Or the for... backstory of the, key ri- of the key character from the original Gundam. Oh, from the original Gundam, not from Thunderbolt. Not so from they're not related to Thunderbolt. So, yeah, so it's interesting that they would spend six short film lengths to explain that, while on the other, t- at the, on the, like, on the other hand, in the same time period, we get eight gorgeously animated episodes that feel so disjointed. <laughs> Yeah, well, they didn't, like, okay, so I feel like part, I'm I'm splitting them into part one and part two, because the first four episodes were released in 2015, and the second two were released in 2017, and the first, part one felt like a contained story from start to finish, it's this conflict between these two pilots who come across each other on the battlefield, and therefore they have to fight each other, um, because reasons, and... So that felt a lot better paced. Also, it had a lot more fighting in, so it was a lot more interesting to watch. Um, whereas the second half was kind of suddenly they're on Earth, the, and there's a cult. Yeah, there was. And a really, I'm really confused. It was really oddly disjointed because the first 
half of it, the first four episodes, it is it is it's just as you were saying. You have a nice, concise little war story that follows essentially the story of two people in a war zone during a larger war. And what was really weird for it as a Gundam fan was the end of episode four lingers on a shot of um, that kind of asteroid colony, which is called Aboaku, which is a big thing in the original Gundam. And then the second season doesn't start with Aboaku. It doesn't even start in space. You're, you're on Earth, and it it's like, what what am I doing here? Why are we here? Why is everyone here? Yeah. It didn't have any... Ex- it kind of vaguely said, oh, there are, suddenly the characters are kind of from here to here, but it didn't really explain why. You're right. Yeah. But there's one... Okay, so that did remind me is one thing I liked, at least about the first half, was it was a good contained war story. And what I really liked was the fact that sort of war isn't very nice. War is very troubling and it kind of messes you up. And it's like... So one thing I... I The reason I felt the Zeons were more empathetic is for one thing... Like, it starts off with our main character from um, the Gundam size, the Feddies? Yeah. Yeah, the Feddy side. Um, and he kind of goes out for battle and he comes back and he's like, where's the captain? And they're like, oh, she's in her room and she's crying. So he goes in there and she's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't order people to their deaths. And he, like, grabs her and, like, is just smirking and yanks her and, like, thoughts like... It, forces himself upon her even though she's like clearly really upset and also her superior officer his superior officer so like for one thing in my books i was like that's a bad guy move and then they flip over to the um zeons who are very empathetic they've lost people they're like they're absolutely fine to cry and i feel like they were a lot more empathetic towards their colleagues and um the people around them Whereas the Feddies were very cold-hearted and just mean. And that's that's our two main characters, mostly. And you've got Eo, who's the guy you don't like for the Feddies, and you've got Daryl, who's the main character for the Zeon. Yes, Daryl. But what about when you expand past that? I mean, the captain herself, as you could see, was clearly incredibly empathetic for her crew because what's got her so torn up is that she can't keep ordering her men out to die in the Thunderbolt sector. Well, on the mean on the other side, you've got like the captain, one of the lead scientists for the Xeon, who spoilers um, order uh, an amputation of a guy's arm so he can be a better pilot. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I feel like the at least again, it was probably because of the portrayal of women. At least in this, is that she at least the head scientist she was very upset and very torn up that she had to do that. But you're right in saying that there were a couple of people on the Xeon side who just didn't give a crap about the soldiers. But they also didn't really linger on them as much as sort of the other characters. That's true. So walking away from Thunderbolt, you're pretty sure that Xeon are the good guys. Oh, yeah, they're 100% the good guys. <laughs> Zig Xeon. Zig Xeon. <laughs> uh, one of the big things about this also is... Being with the way it was released and everything, you get a full surround sound experience from Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. So, and 
there's some clear audio cues about who you might be watching. Do you have anything to say about that from watching it? Yeah, that's good. I, I felt like it was Kids on the Slope in Space. You're going to have to explain a bit. More. Okay, so Kids on the Slope is about uh, jazz music and... Uh, Eo, who's with the Gundam, with the Fetties, um, he loves jazz music and he's always listening to jazz music when he fights. And on the flip side, Daryl with the Zeons is always playing pop music. And so when you're in the middle of a battle and there's lots of lots going on on screen, normally you can tell whose perspective you're looking at, at the battle from, depending on what music is playing. And I, I thought that was a really fantastic way to introduce not only the characters themselves and sort of their personalities, but also to kind of give the watcher a cue about who who you're kind of watching at that time and who, you, who you're kind of rooting for in that moment. I thought it was kind of a shame that they didn't keep that motif going as strong in the second half. Yeah, they really didn't. They still mention, obviously, he still got his jazz obsession and you can still like see Daryl's radio from here to there, but it didn't have the same just feel the same commitment that I felt the first season had. I think it's because in the second half, Eo and Daryl aren't fighting against each other as much as they were in the first one. That, that, They're kind of off doing their own battles. In the same place. In the same place, but not against each other. Yeah, it's kind of weird that you go from having such a rivalry to just not having it anymore. Yeah, that's true. But um, I guess one thing is that the music, how they did the, I wasn't too sure if they were real jazz songs and real pop songs because it was so well made. But then um, listening to the end music, the end song was pretty much different every single time and they always showed the lyrics and the lyrics are really weird English on them. I was like, yeah, these these were clearly made for the show because the English is so weird. But if I hadn't seen the lyrics, then I would have had no idea that they were um, they weren't like real, quote unquote, real pop or jazz songs that had been released in the charts beforehand yeah i have, I have no idea about the jazz um i don't know nearly enough jazz to recognize it beyond the standards like take five or something yeah but the pop it was definitely the pop stood out a bit yeah i did like also how they kind of went it's not your modern top 100 pop song it's definitely got that classic feel to it which kind of fits the image of mm. everything they show you about Zion. Especially the little radio he's constantly carrying around. So you've mentioned you mentioned the battle scenes at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you mentioned about how you felt that certain characters were more empathetic than others. One of the things that Gundam always kind of gets critiqued for nowadays, especially when you look at shows like Build Fighters, is being a toy commercial. <laughs> but the original Gundam was supposed to have a very strong anti-war message to it. Oh, really? Kind of like what happened to Godzilla. Ah, when the first Godzilla yeah. was anti-war, and then slowly it just became Toys. rubber monsters fighting okay. each other. How do you feel about this one? Well, it's funny you should say that, because at the end of every single episode, there was an, an advert for Gumpler. And it's like, here are the, the Gundams and the Zeons that you saw in this show, and others. Go buy them. It didn't even say that. It just posted pictures of the models. But, I mean, I can understand that... Um, Anime does not make money. It costs a lot of money to produce, especially, I mean, imagine something very high quality like this OVA. And you just, like, producers, anime companies, animators don't get any money back from that, and where they make their money is in the toys. So it makes 100% that modern Gundam is just one big toy commercial. 
On the flip side, I really like how this one wasn't a toy commercial, even though it was a toy commercial. It's like it was a toy commercial in the fact that at the end they showed um they obviously had brand new designs for pretty much every two episodes they had a new Gundam or a new Xeon pop out because I I know that because you were commenting on it otherwise I would have never noticed. Some of my commenting was just commenting on classic favorites that showed up. Oh okay. But then at the end of the episode they'd have an actual advert for the toys. But I do appreciate that it was very well animated, so it wasn't just a, we're going to make this cheap, pump it out, and make a profit on the toys. It was a, we want to put a lot of thought in this and a lot of dedication, and then we make money off the toys. One of my favorite designs in the show they actually haven't released a toy for. (gasps) So, uh, not that anyone in Bandai will ever listen to this. Thank God. But if you do, the Thunderbolt version of the Atka would be really cool to have. Next to my Thunderbolt Zaku 1 and my Thunderbolt Zaku 2. Oh, those are from Thunderbolt? The ones that I have, yeah. Oh. Well, one of my Zaku 2s. The other one's from Origin. <laughs> okay. You see, to me, I'm just like, it's a Gundam. No, th- none of those are Gundams. <laughs> there were three different Gundam designs in the shows, and none of those were Gundam. <laughs> it's a Zeon. Is that what they're called? <laughs> I mean, that's... Yes, dear, that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned it briefly at the beginning. You are a complete neophyte, a newbie when it comes to Gundams. A neophyte. <laughs> a neophyte, yes. A neophyte. Neophyte, okay. yes. A newbie. newbie. Okay. Yes. When it comes to Gundam. Yes. As we can see clearly, she doesn't know her Zaku from her Gundam. Yes. I am learning because of you. I learned it from watching you. Good. Um... What, would you is do you think this is a good jumping on point for a newbie? Would you were you completely lost without someone next to you to kind of explain things here and there? I think was it, it worth watching if you've never seen a Gundam, even oh, if you're yeah. not thinking about watching more? Yeah, I think it's totally worth watching at least the first four episodes, even if you're not interested in watching any other Gundam, because the first four is a very a very good contained entertaining stories that I highly enjoyed, and I think even if I didn't have you there, kind of explaining the history behind everything to me um i would have highly enjoyed it but on the flip side i had no idea kind of i like i turned to you a lot of the times and was like why is this happening why is this why is this why 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 because i wanted to learn more about it but they weren't giving me anything and because i was because i'm a newbie i have no idea about anything and if i didn't have you there to kind of help explain that to me i think i would i would have been very lost I think it also really doesn't help that, as we said before, the second season kind of throws you in the middle of a new situation without explaining how you got from point A to point B. That's why I'd say just watch the first four episodes. And it also introduced a weird kind of third faction. Oh, yeah. And the problem with that is that the third faction is a weird Buddhist cult that uses stolen mobile suits of both Fetty and... Zeon design. So, for someone who's new, yeah, I was really confused about who they were fighting. Like, wait, are they? Is that the Zeons they're fighting? No, wait, no, they're the cult. Okay, wait, they're fighting the Gundams. No, wait, no, they're the cult again. Okay, so that, yeah, it was that, really confusing. That part is weird, but definitely the first four episodes, I think, do a pretty good job at telling a contained story. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, there were things you asked me, like, why are they fighting over this sector? Why is it so important? What's this? What's that? But those didn't seem to have a bearing on the message that's trying to be told. No, that's that's 100% for sure, which is why I think if you've never seen Gundam before and you kind of want to give it a try, that's probably a good place to start. You were mentioning that you wanted to go off and read the Thunderbolt manga. Yes, I do. To figure out more of the story behind it. Does this make you want to read or watch other Gundams? Uh, mm, I don't know. I think I would read or watch other Gundam if you recommended something to me. Because I, tr- believe it or not, trust your judgment. Aha! <laughs> and I think one of the issues I had with Wing when I tried to watch it years ago was that I didn't like any of the characters, even though I know that's blasphemy as a Fujoshi trash and as a fangirl but i found them really annoying maybe if i went back now i would actually enjoy it a lot more but i don't know i think i liked the more serious tone that this one had as a gundam fan and this might also get me excommunicated i've never really cared for wing either but you're also a guy so it's kind of known as the girls gundam quote unquote i guess i don't know i just gundam wing i really felt is when it's because part of trying to tell a war story is the guy who created it really wanted to move away from the giant super robots that came before. This wasn't supposed to be your Gigantor or your Majinger or your Voltron or any of that. It was supposed to be more grounded and realistic. Wow, it went completely the opposite direction. And when you start getting into things like Wing... There's, I mean, as a kid who grew up in the 90s and saw some of the old Toonami ads, the word Gundam, I will never hear it without the back of my head going, it's a Gundam, and just all those different types of things. But I agree that the only good thing that came out of Wing was probably the design of the enemy grunt suit. Everything else I just didn't care for. Yes. I need to watch. I need to watch. Well, okay. So Gun- if- Gundam, a good thing about Gundam Wing is that it does take place in like an alternate timeline. Oh, so you oh don't. No. I it, hate so, it when so it doesn't do that. Not, well, I mean, it doesn't even except for the fact there's giant robots. It doesn't relate to the original show at all. Okay, barring name and robots. I find it so annoying when shows like do it's an alternate universe or it's an alternate timeline. I'm like, just. Put everything in the same universe and the same timeline and make it all interact. Why do you have to... Anyway. Well, so, if you don't like that, you don't want to watch Wing. You don't want to watch G Gundam. You don't want to watch Seed or Seed <laughs> Destiny. You don't want to watch Build Fighters. You don't want to watch SD Gundam. Oh, my God. How many Gundam are there? Oh, my God. There's a million of them. So, okay. So, if as a, as a jumping point after this show, what other Gundam would you recommend that I watch? Also, having watched Toonami and Gundam, the other one that was really big that they were showing on the Midnight Run was OAF MS team. Oh, I've heard you. Uh, that rings a bell. I think you've talked about that before. I have talked about it before. A number of times. A number of times. And that's, it's because it's actually somewhat similar to this and where it doesn't focus on your superpowered new type heroes. It focuses on the grunts who are stuck in the middle of a hellish war trying to get the job done, but also trying to maintain their humanity. Oh, I think you kind of described it to me as band of brothers, but robots. No, no, no. This one is Romeo and Juliet, but robots. Oh, okay. Which one did you you describe as Band of Brothers, but robots? 
I have no idea. Okay. Maybe we were talking about something else. And then actually another one that I haven't watched yet, um, I've just read some of, but it's supposed to be really good, is I would recommend the uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin movies okay. that have come out. Because again, they are gorgeously animated. Um, the battle scenes are a little bit more obviously CG than the one we last watched. I actually don't even... The one, Thunderbolt's so well animated, I can't, don't know if those battle scenes, I, where the CG started and where it oh, ended. Yeah, good point. I'm not entirely sure. Because a lot of times in anime, you can tell, but they were really well done in Thunderbolt. Which also might be why the episodes were shorter compared to the short movies of the origin. But it's supposed to be really good. It looks more at political drama and intrigue as opposed to, yay, giant robots smashing each other up. Mm. And it tells the backstory of one of the most famous characters. Okay, so I should give it a watch. Whenever you see one of the Xeon mobile suits, so that's going to be like the Zaku's mm. and things like that, and it's red, that's the, that's one of the mobile suits of Char. Yes, the one ah. on the shelf is red. And <laughs> I the, looked over to the shelf. <laughs> the origin OVAs tell the backstory of how Char became Char, as well as somewhat the rise of Xeon, which I think is a big thing to know because... This whole, like, you walked out of this going, Zeon seems like the good guys. So it might be good to know a little bit more about Zeon. Okay. So maybe maybe if you are a newbie, you should watch Origin before watching Thunderbolt. <laughs> kind of that drove right in the middle there. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. So from the sound of it, you're giving me free reign to suggest more Gundam shows. Well, since we've started doing this podcast, you kind of have free reign to recommend anything, and I have free reign to recommend anything to you, so be careful <laughs> with what you wish for. <laughs> that sounds vaguely threatening. Only a little. Only a little. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about the show as we're getting ready to log off? Um, no, I think I covered pretty much everything. Yeah, no, I think covered pretty much everything. Well, then thanks for watching Thunderbolt with me. Thanks for watching it with me. And I guess that's it for this episode of Otofu Susume, or Recommendations from My Otaku Spouse. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Annie Bros Creative, or on our website, as well as our other familial podcasts, uh, www.anniebroscreative.com. They're not affiliated with me. <laughs> I'm sure they say the same about you. Uh, they don't know I'm alive. That's true. You are a zombie. Yay. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.